All right, guys, it's so good to see you. If you're new tonight, I want to say welcome. We're glad you're here. If you're returning, I want to say we're glad you're back. I promise the winter will be over at some point, and it's going to be sunny, and you're all going to be excited, and we're all going to be pumped to go outside. I'm excited for that. But tonight I'm uh, dressed in my casual clothes because I'm not speaking. I'm excited because tonight we have a guest speaker, and he's a good friend of mine. He, his name is Austin Weaver, Pastor Austin Weaver. And he's the college-age pastor at New Hope Assembly of God in Urbandale. And I just want to say a few things about Austin. Austin, and I'm not just saying this to toot your horn, Austin is one of the most genuine people I've ever met. He has such a genuine heart for God. Like, he really wants to please him. He's not doing ministry for any reason other than to please God. I can tell that when I talk to him. And also, he loves people so much. And he's going to be honest with you, too. It's something I really appreciate about him. He's not about himself uh, looking good. He's not about you liking him. who truly give you the truth of God in love. So I'm excited tonight as I've given him a hard topic, sexual purity. I said, I don't really want to talk about it. I'm going to invite a friend. So Austin's going to come now. Give him a clap as he comes. <laughs> All right, guys, it's good to be with you. I'm going to move these music stands back because I'm a little bit of kind of a walker when I preach and and stuff. So it's good to be here. How many uh, are at you and I, and you're really a Hawkeye at heart, like you're a Hawkeye fan? Anybody going to be bold? That's quite a few. Any Cyclones fans? All right. How many are just like, I'm just a Panther through and through? Yeah. All right. Well, I went to a, a small school up in Minneapolis, North Central, the same school that Daniel went to. I just got done a few years before him. And if Daniel is in he said his casual clothes tonight. I don't know what this uh, quite is, but this is just like my clothes. This is me. This is what you get. So um, like he said, I'm a college-age pastor, so that means I deal with 18 to 23-year-olds, people in the same exact seat that you guys are in, the same season of life that you are in, and I've been doing this. June will be seven years. Um, I am a man of many hobbies. I love hunting. I love fishing. I love the outdoors, I love music, I play guitar, both electric and acoustic, I, I help lead worship on multiple different teams, um, I, I just really love life. The New York Yankees are the best sports team in the history of the world, I absolutely love baseball. If you don't like baseball, it probably means you're dumb, because baseball is for a smart people, so don't be offended, Daniel warns you, is going to speak some truth, and that's the first truth bomb tonight. So I love to travel, too. Um, my wife and I love doing that. So uh, I'll, I'll introduce you to my family. Uh, there's a picture with uh, my wife and three kids. And uh, my wife is Elizabeth. She's four and a half years older than I am. Uh, she pretty much raised me. You know, she, she married me young so that she could raise me into the individual that I am today. So it's all her fault tonight, whatever I say. Um, my son, Sam, he's up there next to me. He's four years old, and uh, he is a blast. My daughter, Paisley, is in the red. She's two years old. She's actually sick tonight. She's got a temperature of about 103, um, which stinks. But when you become a parent, you understand that when your kids get sick, that automatically means free cuddles. Like, whatever else in, in the rest of the day, like dishes, laundry, work, whatever else, it's just like cuddle time. So I'm okay with her being sick. Don't tell her that. Um, and Essie is nine months old. This was taken probably in November or something like that. And she 
is just a, a true joy. She, um, she had her nine-month-old checkup today, and she's growing, but she's a runt. She's a, she's a peanut. So I've got nicknames for all my kids. Uh, my, my son's name, Sam. I call him Buck. Uh, he just kind of fits him. Uh, my middle daughter's uh, PJ because her, her middle name is Jean, and my youngest baby is Ellen uh, because her name is Essie Lynn, and so I just figured like an E and Lynn and Ellen. I don't know why I named that. And so I, was, I, I just call my kids all these nicknames, and, and uh, Sam's like, man, I, mom needs to have a nickname. And I said, okay, well, let's come up with a nickname. And I said, what do you think it should be? And without even hesitation, he just says, Donut World. <laughs> Dead serious. <laughs> Donut World. Like I couldn't make it up, so I affectionately call my wife Donut World. Now or DW or DWs, um, so it's it's a it's it's a, a good day to be alive. Hey, as before, I really get into my sermon tonight. I just want to uh, just take a moment, just close your eyes, and uh, as I was um, over here just sitting, I was praying during worship. I felt like God was speaking to me about one of you uh, in this room, and uh, I feel like it was a girl, and you are involved in a lot of different ways. I feel that God was, was giving me the word rest for you and how you have tried to apply yourself and, and like you've got all this knowledge of the Lord and you know what to do and you know it's right and you're involved in small group, you're involved in all these good Christian things, but your, your spirit and you are just like so tired because you're in this Pharisee, um, I'm not calling you a Pharisee, but just like in this, this works-based relationship right now and I feel like Lord wants to give you a word of, man, you are going to receive rest, but it only comes when I attach myself to you. And so if that's you with every eye closed um, and head bowed, and you'd say, man, that word was for me. Maybe I got the gender wrong, or maybe you're confused or something. But, um, you know, would you just raise your hand just saying, you know, that's, that's me. I just feel like I'm super tired. I've been doing all sorts of stuff. Um, is there... Yes, yeah, there's actually quite a few. God, I just pray for these individuals tonight, and I, I pray, God, that, that they would not try to apply all of these things that you have taught us, Lord, but that they would just attach themselves to you, God, and out of that relationship would flow obedience, out of that relationship would flow just an ease um, of, of that they're not trying to attain or become someone, but they, they, they just naturally grow into that, God. So I just pray for the soul that is just so just overwhelmed right now, maybe even to the point of quitting or just like thinking, man, I just got to dial it back. God, I pray that they would first spend time in your presence, attaching themselves to the true vine, and through that, God, that you would produce the fruit that they are trying to attain. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said... Amen. All right. Well, it's good to be here. Let me ask you guys a question. How many of you are saved? Raise your hand. All right. Some people are like, I'm not sure. I don't know what that means. How many here love God? How many believe that the Bible's true? How many believe that the Bible's the inspired word of God? There's nothing wrong with it. All right. Then this message is for anybody who raised their hand. Jesus said in John chapter 14, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. And one of the commandments that God has placed on my heart that I think we have done a horrible job and we've neglected and we've kind of ignored and pushed to the side is this command over and over in scripture that says, be holy for I am holy. 
And holiness looks at a lot of different ways in our lives, but we like to just kind of ignore this and we live as close to the world as we possibly can. And Jesus is saying, if, if you love me, you will obey what I've commanded and I am a holy God and be holy as I am holy. Hear me tonight. If you are not doing everything that you possibly can in order to serve your Lord and your Savior, then you might not truly love God with all of your heart. Now I know that that sounds harsh and I'm not talking about works-based theology. I'm not saying like you have to do this and then God will love you or you have to do this and this and this and this. I'm not talking about earning your salvation. It's very clear in Ephesians and throughout the entire New Testament and and throughout the entire theme of the Bible that grace is something that is not earned but it's given and, and we receive that through faith. But... As Paul writes, we become a slave to righteousness. We, we have this responsibility, and when we are saved, grace is not just something that happens, it's a power word that should catapult us, that should launch us into good works. And if you are not striving in your life and asking God, what are the unholy things in my life that, that are preventing me from encountering you on a daily basis, if, if you're not asking that question, if you're not striving to live holy and obey God's commands and follow his commands, then you need to do a heart check tonight. Do you really, are you really bought into this? Are you really a, 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 a true follower of Jesus Christ? Ask yourself this, is the life that you are living right now holy and would you change anything if Jesus were to shadow you everywhere you go and watch everything that you did throughout your day to day? Earlier today, go throughout your day, would, would God be right in the middle of that or would he remove himself from that? There are many different areas that, in our life that can become unholy, but the one that we're gonna be talking about tonight is the area of sexual purity. And we're gonna read some scriptures, then we're gonna look at how lust actually chemically affects our brain. We're gonna get our nerd on, and, and then we're gonna look at different influences that affect our success in staying pure and remaining Holy, and at the end of tonight, we're gonna end a little bit differently than we typically end. We're gonna end with some just soft music that's playing. We're gonna end in a personal time of prayer. We're gonna ask God to reveal things that are affecting our holiness, that are affecting our purity, and we're gonna end praying for one another. I'm asking you to get vulnerable. I'm not into church groups that can't act like a family. This isn't a social club. This is a do life together club. This, this is a place and the church should be a place where it's okay to get real and it's okay to open up to the inmost part of who you are and to say, you know what, I'm really struggling with this and although you might see this mask right here behind this mask, this is what's going on and tonight we're gonna get real and I'm gonna ask you to be real and be honest with yourself and then you're gonna open up with someone that you trust in this room and if you don't trust anybody, find Daniel, find Emily, find one of the leaders, find myself and you find someone or maybe you just make a new friend and say, you know what, I don't know you but blah, and just throw up on them tonight, okay? But we're gonna get real, we're gonna get vulnerable because that's what church is about. That's what this group is about. That's what life's about and that's what God calls us into. So I want you to be ready for that. We're gonna have church tonight. I know that this isn't church, but uh, how many grew up in the South? Anybody from the South? In the South, like, okay, yeah, you say church. So turn to your neighbor and say church. Come on, church, turn to your other neighbor and say church. We having church tonight. The more you get in there, the more holy you are, okay? 
But before we go any farther, I want to pray. God, I pray tonight that you'd anoint this word, that you'd speak to our hearts, that you'd reveal things to us, God, that you'd pull off blinders, you'd take walls of defensive uh, just nature down, God, where your spirit can pierce into our hearts, Lord. And I pray that those that are struggling would bring others into their fight, Lord, and most importantly, bring you into the fight because you have already won the victory. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all said amen. The Bible is packed full of scripture that instructs us to remain pure. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 8 says, it is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathens who do not know God, and that in this matter, no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. The Lord will punish men for all such sins, as we have already told you and warned you. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, he who rejects this instruction does not reject man, but he rejects God, who gives you his Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5, 3 says, but among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. 1 Corinthians six eighteen says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits outside his body. But he who sins sexually sins against his own body. We're going to see that tonight in science that proves this, this scripture. Hebrews 12, 16. See that no one is sexually immoral or godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. In Numbers 15, 39. You will have these tassels to look at so that you will remember all the commands of the Lord, that you may obey them and not prostitute yourselves by going after the lusts of your own hearts and your eyes. Reading these scriptures it is clear that God has called us to live a holy life and to remain pure in our sexual temptations and our sexual immorality. We are not to have lust or sexual immorality in our hearts. And that's a very difficult thing to do in this culture. It is very difficult to do when you are sitting here at, at University of Northern Iowa because sexual impurity and, and just we live in a sexually charged environment where, where it's being bombarded on you, it's like gravity and it can grab you and it will pull you down. Everywhere you look, there is something that can, can be taken and um, perverted. It's, it's leaked um, no longer just into a secular problem, but it's leaked into our schools, our homes, our churches, and our pastors and leaders. The U.S. spends over $14 billion a year on pornography. That's more than the MLB, NBA, and NFL revenues combined. $90 billion are spent on pornography worldwide every single year. That's more than $3,000 every second spent on porn. 3,000, 6,000, 9,000. I'm a metronome if you didn't know that. I'm right on, I'm seasoned. You might say, I don't pay for pornography. You know, I, I just get the free websites. Listen to me. There's no such thing as free pornography. Every time you click on a, a, on a site, there's advertisers that are paying to advertise on that site. And every click that it gets, it encourages them to be paying money into that. It not only costs that, it costs the girl or the guy or whoever's involved in it emotional trauma. It costs you. You're sinning against your body. It's costing your future spouse. It, it, there's no such thing as free porn. It costs 
If you participate in looking at pornography, then you are participating and encouraging a $90 billion worldwide sin industry. 90% of children ages eight through 16 have viewed porn on the internet, most accidentally, and the average age at which a first a child is first exposed to pornography is age 11. Every 39 minutes, there's a new pornography film made. And 12% of all internet content is pornographic. If you don't think that our culture and that we don't have a problem with, with sexual sin and, and remaining pure, then you either like are like Patrick's starfish and you live under a rock, right? Doesn't he live under a rock? Is that right? Yeah. That dude was stupid. Like, for real. Or, or, you know, maybe you're just completely ignorant to that. But it's painfully obvious that, that it's a problem and that's something that prevents us from being holy. You might say, well, Austin, I've, I don't look at pornography. I don't have a pornography addiction. You know, honestly, I've never looked at pornography myself either. I've never intentionally gone. I've, I've seen it when someone pulled it out in seventh grade. I already had my mind up in that moment. I said, no, I'm not doing that, and I walked out. That happened to me twice, and I walked out both times because my dad talked to me about that. I've never had a pornography addiction. But let's evaluate the sin. Is it just looking at someone and seeing full nudity? Or what did Jesus say? If you lust in your heart, you have committed adultery. See, it's, it's not about whether you're seeing the full picture or not. I believe that you can be completely lusting and completely sinning after fully clothed individuals. And, and not only that, I'd go to a further step and say that you could become completely addicted to lusting after people that are clothed. The issue is not about how far, or is, is she in a bikini, is she not, or whatever it is. It has nothing to do with that. The issue is lust. And we have to have Jesus come in and, and take that from our life. I've done a lot of research to understand why lust and pornography is so addictive and biopsychologists are studying the results of lust and the results are showing that pornography and lust literally alters the chemistry of the brain. It changes you as a person. William Struthers, who is a Christian biopsychologist, writes in his book, Wired for Intimacy, and if you're struggling with this, this would be a good book to buy, Wired for Intimacy, William Struthers, and I quote this. As we fall deeper into the mental habit of fixating on these images, the exposure to them creates neural pathways. Turn to your neighbor and say, neural pathway. All right. Like a path that is created in the woods with each successive hiker, so do the neural paths set the course for the next time an image is viewed. Over time, these neural paths become wider as they are repeatedly traveled with each exposure. They become the automatic pathway. So in other words, you can imagine yourself standing on the edge of this real thick forest, and you come up to the edge of this forest, and, and there's all these trees, and there's these bushes, and it's just completely full of, is it foliage? Just all sorts of like brush and, and stuff, right? And on the other side of this forest, is your goal point. Uh, you guys are adults, it's an orgasm, right? And that's the goal, and that's where you wanna get, right? And so I'm going to go and have an orgasm, I'm gonna go and reach my goal, and so I'm gonna go in this, this forest, and I'm gonna move a branch out of the way, and I might just kinda step on a, a, a twig here, and I'm gonna kinda maneuver, and I, I get here, I experience the place where I'm trying to get, and then I head right back to the same path, and I kinda see, oh, I bent that, 
that limb out of the way, so I'll just kind of do this. And, and as you do that time and time again, you come back the next day, you're not gonna choose another path. You're gonna see where you went the day before. You're familiar with it. And, and, and over time, as you travel this path back and forth and back and forth and you bend more, it turns into a little rabbit trail and then from a little rabbit trail to a walking trail. And then eventually, it becomes a path where the automatic pathway to receive pleasure is painfully obvious right there in front of you. And the only way that you can receive pleasure is going down that pathway. You have literally created a rut in your brain. There's a chemical released, and there's actually more than just one chemical. I believe there's 25 chemicals, which is nine uh, chemicals more than methamphetamine released when you have an orgasm. And one of them is dopamine, and that is releasing your brain, and it's creating a rut in your brain. You are re-hardwiring your brain. You are reconditioning your brain where the automatic pathway to receive pleasure is through an image, through masturbation, through whatever it might be, and, and that becomes the only way that you know how to receive pleasure. In 2010, John Mayer, who's a famous musician for, who didn't, for anybody who didn't know, um, which you might still be a Patrick Starfish if you didn't know that, um, did an interview with Playboy magazine. I didn't read it, um, but I, I, I found this. He's an example of what can happen when you travel down this, this pathway. And, and, and I quote this, this uh, quote from John Mayer, 2010, from Playboy. He says this, When I watch porn, if it's not hot enough, I'll make up backstories in my mind. This is my problem now. Rather than meet somebody new, I would rather go home and replay the amazing experiences I've already had. What that explains is that I'm more comfortable in my imagination than I am in actual human discovery. I'll say that last sentence again. What that explains is that I'm more comfortable in my imagination than I am in actual human discovery. See, John Mayer has created this pathway to which the only way he receives pleasure is going by going down that pathway. He cannot be happy in a relationship because he unknowingly re-hardwired his brain. And that is very sad. But you know what? He's not the only one. Steve Arterburn is a, a, a guy that has, um, travels the, the country, and, and he came to our church, and we did this health, healthy sexuality conference uh, for our people. And, and he told a story of a guy that on his wedding night could not get off on his wife and he had to go and get a centerfold and he laid the centerfold out on the bed while having sex with his wife. That could happen to you. Now, you don't think about that when you're in your dorm room. You don't think about that when you're on your phone. You don't think about that. But that man re-hardwired his brain where the only way he knew how to receive pleasure was to go to that action. That's sad. That is horribly sad. But think about this. This is where it gets really cool. God knew exactly what he was saying when he said, remove a hint of sexual impurity from you. Flee from sexual impurities. Stay pure. Why? Because you were created to become biochemically addicted to your spouse. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's awesome. Dude, you realize that, that you could create a path. If you keep this forest full and untouched and you don't go there and you starve yourself and you, you do not 
entertain the thought of going to that pleasure and you keep your forest full, when you get married, the only path that you know is your spouse. The only path that you know is your, your wife, is your husband. And now you become chemically addicted to your spouse. That's amazing. God is not just some fun sucker. He wants you to have the absolute best sex of anybody. He wants it to be hot. He wants it to be steamy. He wants it to be amazing. But that's not going to happen if you do it outside of what he has lined it up for you to do. You're going to bring all sorts of memories. You're going to bring all sorts of struggles into a marriage. Marriage will not fix your addiction. Marriage will not fix your lust problem. Jesus Christ will. And he's the only one that can. Listen, Jesus died on the cross so that you could kill your sin before it kills you. Jesus died on the cross so that you could kill your sin before it kills your marriage. Do you know how many times I've, I've been in the church world and someone gets a divorce because someone can't kick a habit that started in college, that started in middle school? Guys, I want you guys to be like me. I am addicted to my spouse. I am, I'm like, I love Elizabeth so much. Why? Because she's the only one who's touched my Slim Jim. Dude, like, she, she is amazing. I, I know that, like, I know you guys are kind of laughing and chuckling, but it's okay because I pride myself in that. I'm the only one who's been with her. She's the only one who's been with me, and now we are connected together, and it's amazing. I have nothing to compare. I have nothing to be ashamed. You guys are still laughing. You guys are just, I shouldn't have said that. Daniel, can you just like remove that from the SoundCloud, whatever it is? Listen, you can have a very deep, significant, spiritual, biochemical connection with your future spouse. But it starts with obeying this command of being holy and remaining pure. God is not telling you no to sex. He's telling you not yet. If you were to go out and buy a chainsaw, the manufacturer would include a set of instructions and it'd likely say something like this. Careless or improper use may cause serious or even fatal injury. Read and follow all safety precautions in current safety manual. And if you don't use that chainsaw in the way that it was created to be used, you are going to get hurt. The same is true in sex and dating and relationships. Do the things the way that the manufacturer intended them to be done. Do things the way that God intended and set them up to be done. A recent study reported that 70% of people who move in together before getting married, 70% end in a divorce. You know why that is? My wife and I were talking about that. That's a crazy stat. You know, you know why? Because they don't value the commitment of marriage the same way that someone who is going to stay pure, to stay separate, they don't value that commitment in the same way. They're like, well, I'm just gonna test the waters. Did you know that five to eight, those people that have sex outside of, of, of marriage and, and, and they're moving in together, five to eight times more likely to cheat on their spouse. I don't know about you, but I don't wanna roll that dice. 
I, I understand college costs a lot of money and, and I've seen a lot of people. There's a girl that I'm pouring into. She was a nurse on our second child and, and uh, we just struck up a friendship and we've just been trying to pour into her and she's, I don't know, I think she's taking baby steps towards Christ but it's been two years and we're just trying to like, you know, bring her into the family of God and, and, and you know, she, she moved in with this boyfriend the whole time knowing that it was wrong is at the time fiance. Why? Because it was a financial decision. Because it made sense for them financially. They're no longer together. Guys, you guys have to make the decision now to do things the way that the creator created them to be done. And you can do that. Ask yourself this. Are you creating pathways now that you shouldn't be? Are you living a sexually pure lifestyle? I believe that one of the leading reasons why we struggle in becoming holy is because of the influences that we allow in our lives. And I'm gonna identify four of those influences tonight. And the first one is the TV shows, the movies, Netflix, the entertainment that we have in our life. Now, you could instantly tune me out and say like, oh, you're just gonna be like, just watch Disney, like Pixar, and that's it, like, you know. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that you have access to God, but the problem is, is that most of you don't go to God for permission, you go to man for permission. Go to your small group leader, is, is this okay for me to watch? Well, they're watching it, so I, I guess that I'm okay to watch it. Pastor Dan Daniel's watching it, so I guess that's okay. I, I don't think he watches anything, guys. He's pretty much like, you know, Jesus, Daniel, you know, Moses, Abraham. <laughs> but but here's, here's the thing. You need to start asking God, can I watch this show? Can I watch this movie? Is this something that you would delight in? Would God be laughing at the same things that you're finding humor in? And not only this, the whole while, when you, you fill your life with entertainment that's impure and unholy, you are subliminally dictating how you think your life is gonna be. Listen, guys. Sex is not the way it is in the movies. And it's unfair for you to place expectations that girls have to be like a 34C in order for you to be attracted to them or, or whatever else it is. And a lot of that comes because we watch movies that glamorize a body instead of a healthy relationship. We, we've gotta get away from that. We've gotta run from that, we've gotta flee from that. And that, that goes for the same for the girls. If you just watch a, a Netflix show, Hulu, whatever it is you're watching and, and there's a steamy sex scene before you go to bed, what are you gonna be thinking about as you go to bed? Well, Jesus, obviously, right, you know? <laughs> no. What are you filling your minds with in entertainment? I'm not here to 
to cast condemnation. I'm not gonna say, like, don't come up to me afterwards. Can I watch this show? I'm not gonna tell you that. That's what the Holy Spirit is for. God will speak to your heart, and if you have a check in your heart right now about something that you're watching, I don't care if you're in the middle of the last season of, of whatever show it is. I don't care. Do you love your sin more than you love following Christ? That's a real question, and that's something that you have to ask yourself, and you have to decide. Do you, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. Stop watching that. Oh, I love you, God, but no. Got four episodes left. Are the things that you're viewing affecting your purity? The second thing is social media. Instagram, Snapchat, BuzzFeed, whatever it is. I don't, I don't, I don't even know. Like honestly, I'm not really big. I have a Snapchat, and you know who I have as my Snapchat friends? Pastor Zach, Pastor Luke, and my sister, and then uh, a really close family friend. I've got four Snapchat friends. And they pretty much involve, like, my children. <laughs> like, look what my kid just did. And usually it's, I don't know, I won't go there. Dumb. Ask yourself, man, in social media, the pictures that you flip through, the people that you follow. Man, the people that you follow. Are you a follower of Christ or are you a follower of Kim Kardashian or whoever else it is? The things that you discuss. I mean, you can hardly, like, search anything on my Instagram. Like, it's pretty much, like, all, like, deer hunting and, like, Africa hunting and, like, hunting this and hunting that and then, like, the Yankees and, like, baseball and stuff. But even in that, like, in the suggested search, every once in a while, there'll be some, like, girl, like, you know, standing behind a deer. And it's like, what does that have to do with hunting? It's like, I just have to turn it off. Like, you can't hardly search anything without being bombarded. Maybe Instagram is a really big problem for you. Delete it. That's not radical. The world says it's radical, but that's not radical. You know what's radical? If a right arm causes you to sin, cut it off. If your, your eyes cause you to, to sin, pluck them out. Those are Jesus' words. I can tell you this, I'd rather walk around with no arms or no eyes than, than live in hell the rest of my life knowing that I'm separated from the presence of God. Here's another one. I don't, I don't know if this is probably just more of like an old man thing, but like news. What, what are the articles that you read about? What is the news that you read about? Celebrities and the inappropriate and ungodly activities that they're doing. Would you find God clicking through the same pictures, reading the same articles, or watching the same videos as you? Is the internet affecting your purity? Is social media affecting your purity? The third one is music. Oh, you had to bring up music, Pastor Austin. Oh, my gosh. Dude, music, whether you realize it or not, is one of the most powerful tools the world has ever known. Music can make you cry, laugh, get angry, calm down, focus, get pumped up. The things that we listen to affect us. Songs that glamorize sex, drinking, drugs, materialism. Do you think that that is affecting your opinion towards those things? It absolutely is. And for 19 years of my life, I thought music has very little. I just like it for the beat. I just like it for this. It took me going to an ACDC concert. 
probably best sound-wise mix that I've ever been to ever, were, ever at a, a concert. It was incredible. Brian Johnson, he was out there the entire full two hours, and he was just dripping from head to toe, sweating. It, it was back when Malcolm Young was alive, and he didn't die, and it, it was just incredible. It, it, was, it was crazy. And, and they get to, like, the curtain call or whatever, and they do this song, probably some of you are familiar with it, Highway to Hell. And I stood in Wells Fargo Arena in Des Moines, and I don't know, maybe 12, 14,000 people, I don't know what it seats. And I look around, and everybody's going, I'm on a highway to hell. Bum, bum, bum. You know, and, and their fists are in the air, and they're excited about this. You see, music took something that was meant for Satan and his demons, and it turned into something that was cool. I'm telling you guys, the music that you listen to has spiritual undertones to it. And I, I don't wanna get too weird and too deep, but there are some extremely dark things that happen in Hollywood. Illuminati's not fake. I've got friends that I went to school at North Central, and kids deal with that all the time out on the West Coast. She lives out in, in California. That stuff is real. There is, there is a real spiritual heaviness that can come with music. And if you don't believe me, then I dare you to take this challenge and play only worship music in your dorm room for the next two weeks and see how that changes the atmosphere of your room. See how that changes the atmosphere of your heart. See how you start to, to extract things from small group or from large group or, or whatever the things that you're doing. It's a music that you're listening to affecting your thoughts. Holiness. You can go ahead and start that music, but the last thing is friends. Friends influence us probably more than our parents do at this point. Some of you in this room have friends that are pulling you down and they're affecting your success in becoming holy. Dude, can I just get real for a minute? Sometimes the people that hold you back the most are your Christian friends. Because when you stand up for holiness and you say, you know what, I'm not gonna talk this way, we're not gonna do this, we're not gonna entertain that thought, they get like, oh man, I'm just like, you're just like, what are you, Jesus? What are you, Moses? What, what, is, what is the problem? And they, they get defensive when in reality they should have this, this moment where saying like, dude, you're totally right. I'm sorry, let's pursue Christ together. Don't be that guy. And if, if, if you are a part of a friend group right now and, and you just feel like, well, because we're all Christians, it's okay to joke about this. It's okay to talk about this. It's okay to talk about these guys, celebrities. It's okay to talk about this person in the group. It's okay to talk about this chicken in whatever class or whatever it is. You know, we're all Christians. We know that it's wrong. Sometimes the worst things happen in the presence of a whole bunch of Christians because you're all a bunch of chickens and you won't stand up because you wanna be accepted. Listen, Jesus didn't ask you to be accepted by man. We just sang a whole set, a set list of songs talking about how much God, the creator of the universe, the creator of everything, is so madly in love with you. And if you don't have that love and if you don't experience that love tonight, you need to experience that. Man, your friends can influence you. Who are you friends with? Are they pushing you towards Christ or are they pushing you away from Christ? Maybe you need to get rid 
of a roommate. Maybe you just signed a lease and you've got to eat that $400 deposit next year because you know that the people that you're moving in with are not going to be good. Say, well, who else is going to reach my friends, Austin? They need Jesus. Yeah, they do need Jesus. But you can do that wisely. You can do that and control the areas that you hang out with them. You can do that and control the conversations when it's just you and them and you don't have to go around being that even more negative influence or whatever it is. Jesus wants you to reach your friends but not at the cost of your your salvation. TV, entertainment, social media, music, friends are all things that that influence the things that we think about. If we think about things that are unholy, we will become unholy. Philippians 4, 8 says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. What are you letting influence your thoughts? If you're struggling with pure thoughts, let me just encourage you to think about things above. Think about heaven. And as you set your eyes and affection on Jesus Christ and on heaven, you'll start to sin less. Yeah, I think we get a lot of people that know what they do. And I kind of talked about this a little bit earlier at the beginning. But you can apply all day long and you can know what to do and what not to do all day long. But Jesus never talked about application when people were around him. He never said, do this and then do this and do this. What did he say? He said, I'm not worried about application. I'm, I'm worried about attachment. I'm worried about you being with me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those that remain in me will bear much fruit. Would you stand and close your eyes tonight? Put away all distractions. If you need to put your phone on the ground, do it. Just turn it off. We have been tricked into comparing our holiness to the world and to other Christians instead of comparing ourselves to the holiness of Jesus Christ. And we have chosen to ignore the demand to become holy in all aspects. Hebrews 12, 14, make every effort, make every effort to be holy because without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Make every effort. God might be calling you right now. He might be revealing things, eyes closed. God is speaking. He's He's, he's tapping on your heart. He's just kind of gently nudging you. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's an app. Maybe it's something that hasn't even been mentioned, but you know that it's affecting your relationship with God. The most important thing in the world, it's affecting it. Make every effort I pray that you would speak to our hearts, God. Reveal things 
that are hindering us from experiencing you to the fullest. Reveal things that, that are causing us to slip up in our purities, Lord. Speak to us. If you're here tonight and you feel like God has, has revealed something to you, and you'd say, you know what, Austin? God has, has opened up my eyes and, and I know that there are impure things in my life that I've allowed to creep into my life and I'm no longer satisfied with just allowing them to exist, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, I want to, to stand tonight in purity. Would you just raise your hand and say, God has spoken something to my heart that's impure and I'm gonna take care of it. Raise it high. Jesus, you see every hand, you see every heart, God. Pray tonight that we would be people that are concerned with where you want us to be. God, I pray that you would remove the guilt of sin as we repent of our sin, Lord, as we turn from it and we turn to you, Jesus. I pray that you would begin to fill in the ruts that people have created in their mind. I pray that you would strip the fear away from the individual that's fearing, feeling fearful right now, not knowing how they're gonna have a conversation with their significant other. Help us, Lord. We're gonna take the next minute, one minute, and we're gonna spend some time just praying, and I want you to pray and ask God to create in you a clean heart. Maybe there's a step that needs to be taken, whatever it might be, and then after that minute or so, we're gonna get together with someone that we trust and we know, and we're gonna get vulnerable. We're gonna do life together. We're gonna do some church, right? So let's take a minute. Just allow God to continue to speak in your heart.